0: I hope that also indicates for you that there's a lot of things that are going on here at this church. And if you um, missed some of that, you can go on our website, and there's a lot of uh, the announcements are also on there. And as far as Pushpay is concerned, we're looking really forward to that. Um, a few people have already been uh, given the um, kind of access to it, and so we'll implement it in a little bit. And I know this morning um, we did our tithing through that, and it really was seamless and quick. And so this is something that I think down the road um, is going to be a great resource for you and just uh, also when the app is released, uh, help you out. And so anyway, um, so keep, uh, keep your ears open for that. Uh, we are wrapping up um, the third part of our um, series, uh, Made for More. This is the theme for the year. And so the first part of the series, we wanted to really focus on, you know, understanding our primary calling and our secondary calling. And uh, I'm going to maybe jump ahead of myself here a little bit, but I think one of the things that sometimes happens when we think about God's will for our lives, um, when we think about God's plan for our lives and what he wants us to do, we tend to focus mostly on ourselves. In the sense of, we really are like, okay, so God has a, has a plan for my life, well I need to discover what that plan is because I, th- I think we tend to usually focus on like, there must be something unique about this calling for my life. There must be something, a unique place for me, for me and a unique place for uh, what he wants me to do and those kind of things. And so what we're doing in the first part of this series is we're really focusing in on saying, no, there are two kinds of callings. We have our primary calling and our secondary calling. And every single one of us has a primary calling. And you do not need to understand your secondary calling until you can begin to implement and do some of the things that are part of your primary calling. And so, um, you know, we've looked at this and we've we've talked about this a little bit. And so the three questions that we've been sort of working through is this. Who are you created to be? What are you created to do? And where are you best positioned to do it? Who are you created to be? What are you created to do? And where are you best positioned to do it? Now, If without this sermon and without some of the things that we had talked about, if I had asked those questions, uh, and I've looked at a lot of my previous sermons and some of that, whenever I spoke on God's will and those kind of things, I did exactly what most of us here would do. We focus on ourselves. In the sense, I mean, we focus on just the uniqueness. We focus just on the secondary calling. So who am I created to be? We think about, well, how am I unique? How am I, you know... And what are you created to do? Well, what are my special gifts? What are my abilities? Where are you best positioned to do it? Well, where does God want me? And we tend to always think about some of the stuff as if it's in the future. And once God reveals to me all these unique things, then I'm ready to serve Him. And what we've tried to do, and what I want to focus on again this morning, is really emphasizing to us that you already can serve God without knowing all the uniqueness of your life. And as a matter of fact, we're going to go as far to say t- today as to say if you're not doing your primary calling, you're probably going to really struggle with ever doing your secondary calling because I think that the primary calling is really a building block for your secondary calling. So I've given you this image, and we're going to w- look at it again today, and I've warned you. I'm going to go through this stuff a few more times, and again, throughout the year, we're going to pick this up again because I want you to recognize that there are two parts to you. There's your primary calling and there's your secondary calling, okay? And we've talked a lot about this. If you're new here, please go watch the other sermons because you need to understand this. There's your primary calling and there's your secondary calling. Your primary calling is something that every single Christian um, or applies to every single Christian. There's not a single Christian that can say that they don't know what they're supposed to do because the Bible is very clear on what they're supposed to do. The secondary calling, that begins to look at more your unique, you know, your, your unique makeup and all those kind of things. So under both of these, you have the be, the do, and the go. Okay? In both of these you know, places of our lives, your primary calling and your secondary calling, you have been called to be someone you have been called to do something and you've been called to go somewhere. Okay? And so, in your primary calling, your, your be, we said, your identity is in Christ. This is for every single Christian. Your identity is who you are in Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross for you. That is who you are. That is your identity. The do, what are you called to do as a, as a Christian? Well, the Bible is very clear that every single Christian has been called to go and make disciples. You don't need to know. How to do that in a unique way, that is something every single one of us has been called to do. You've been called to go, and that's the one that we're going to spend most of our time on today. And so where have you been best positioned to do these things? Well, the Bible would basically be very clear that you are to go and make disciples wherever. And we're going to unpack that some more. Then in your secondary calling, you need to recognize that you have a unique identity. Okay? Yes, your identity is found in Jesus, but at the same time, there are some things that are very unique about you. Your relationship with Jesus, um, you know, he is the core identity of who you are, but at the same time, you have some unique features, you have some unique personalities, and, and we need to discover those. But you need to first discover your core identity. You also have some unique missions, you know, ministry opportunities. And so you will be gifted in certain ways that other people are not gifted in doing. And so you'll be able to do some things that other people cannot do. And then at the same time, you have been positioned in a unique place. And you need to discover that. And maybe, you know, maybe you're here now and God has something else in store for you somewhere else. And at some point, you know, that's an important um, thing to seek out and ask, where does God want me? But you need, what we're doing is we're starting with our primary um, calling because we need to recognize that even though we do not understand some of our secondary calling, we already have an understanding of our, our primary calling. And so the verse that we've been looking at is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and, and we've looked at this for a while, and I want to just use it again today because this is a passive scripture that I think helps us identify and understand what we mean with this primary calling. It says this, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the race with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay, That's what you've been called to do. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the, fo- uh, uh, hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So there's this idea, again, that sometimes when we're only focused on our secondary um, calling... We tend to be almost like selfishly looking at just ourselves and what about me and what about me and, you know, how am I created and all this. Well, our primary calling is really this idea of recognizing that there is a race marked out for us and we are to run that race with perseverance. In other words, it's not always going to be easy, but here's what we need to do all the while we're doing it. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, And so we've been talking about this already quite a bit and it's something that I really want us to to grab hold of is that all of us here today have a calling on our lives. And so the first three uh, Sundays of this year or the first four Sundays of this year we've really kind of opened and introduced this theme. And if you haven't heard the other sermons on this I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. So we must start by understanding our primary calling before we can really understand our secondary calling. Okay, so last week I mentioned the book, The Master's Plan of Evan- for Evangelism by Dr. Robert Coleman. And I want to tell you just a little bit more about him. Um, Dr. Coleman obviously was a, uh, you know, after he wrote the book, and he's written many books, and he was a, a professor at a number of prestigious universities and stuff like that. And so when they came to the place where their kids were moving out of, uh, you know, out of the home and, and they're kind of nearing retirement and, and they'd made a lot of money by now and You know, and they really were in a place where they could just sort of sit back now and coast through retirement. You know, they'd done the hard work. They had, you know, he had been very instrumental in making disciples all over the world. And so this was a place where, you know, they really had to ask themselves, what are we going to do now? Now that we've entered into retirement, what are we going to do with our lives? Are we just going to kind of coast through retirement, kick back our feet, kick up our feet, take it easy, and just kind of do what, you know, is normally expected of people who, who retire? After all, by now they had made money. They had done the ministry, and they could have had this attitude that sort of said, you know what, we're now going to pass off the baton to someone else. We've done our part, now it's someone else's turn. And many of us would maybe have been tempted to do exactly that. But Dr. Um, Robert Coleman and his wife had very different ideas. They asked themselves this question, where can we, be posi- where can we position ourselves in the mission field God's given us to most effectively make disciples? And so at that time, they were still um, uh, teaching in the university, I think, and so they asked themselves, we've been given this place, we've been given this position, so where can we now be best positioned where we already are to make disciples? And so they did something I think many of us probably would not do. They decided at their older age, elderly age, they decided that they would move into dorm with all the students. And so this was, you know, you can imagine as a 60-some-year-old couple, all of a sudden, like, we're going to move into dorm with a bunch of, you know, 20-year-olds, and it's rowdy and noisy and all those kind of things. And so you can imagine sort of here they are nearing retirement, making a decision to move into dorm with a bunch of rowdy teenagers and rowdy young adults, um, not just for one semester, not for one year, but for seven years they did this. Now, because students need to do laundry and, you know, and some students don't do it as often as they maybe should. Um, his wife kept a jar of change, recognizing that every now and then students are going to need to do their laundry. And so when they ask for their dorm room, they asked to be placed strategically right next to the laundry room. And so, again, you can imagine this created a lot of traffic. And very quickly, they realized most students rarely had change. And so his wife had this jar of change, and it didn't take long. And people realized that sh- there's always change in this room, and, and not, lo- you know, not didn't take long. And people were knocking on the door saying, hey, um, I need change and for, for doing my laundry. And what they say in their book um, is that sometimes they would spend up to two hours, because these kids are just standing there waiting for their laundry to finish, and they spend up to two hours being able to talk to teenagers about life, about faith, and this wasn't in a Christian place and, and different things like that. They used where they were and they asked God, okay, here's where my location is. How can I now best and most strategically place myself in this location to do ministry? They recognized their primary calling was to do ministry wherever they were. And so um, Todd Wilson, I also introduced his book and I, I didn't bring it up here t- with me today. His book is called More. And I said last week, I ordered 10 of these books, and I'm willing to give you a free book if you promise that you will work through the material. And you know, and it's a pretty in-depth book, and work through it. And if you're willing, if you promise that you will do that, I have five more books I can give you, or, or I can give away five more books. And so come talk to me if you're interested in, in, in that. Todd Wilson says this, and this is important. Rather than looking beyond what we have and are called to be stewards of, we should take ownership of what we've been given. Okay? Are you hearing this? Rather than looking beyond what we have, and that's kind of the secondary calling, the temptation of the secondary calling, is to always look at and say, okay, so what have I not discovered about myself yet? What gifts do I not know yet? What gifts am I not aware of yet? Where am I supposed to be that I haven't you know, found out yet? So rather than looking beyond What we have what we have or called to be stewards of, we should take ownership of of what we've been given. And I think this is kind of at the heart of what we want to talk about today. That every single one of us in the room today, we take ownership of what we have been given your job, your place of work, all of those kind of things. For many Christians, we have this idea that God has not yet shown me specifically, uniquely what and how I'm supposed to serve Him. So therefore, we aren't going to do anything. We are going to wait. And so we're often looking beyond our current location, beyond our current, you know, whatever. And until we know that place, well, I'll wait and see. And yet, wilkinson is uh, wilson is telling us to do here is that we need to take ownership of what we have already been given so let's start this morning let's start with accepting that we are already positioned where god can use us okay you're hearing me we need to start that not that we stop looking beyond what you know maybe god has a different plan for us not that we not that we don't continue continue to pursue god's plan for our lives But it starts by us accepting that we are already positioned in a place where God can use us. That you don't need to be moved somewhere else for God to use you. You don't need to have different gifts in order for God to use you. You are already positioned in a place where God can use you. Here's something that you may easily forget. It is no accident that you are where you are. It is no accident that you know the people you know. And you might be praying and saying, God, show me, show me, who do you want me to talk to? And boom, right next to you at school, every single day is the same person next to you on, at your locker. Do you think that's an accident? Of course not. You work in a factory and you're, you're on a line and there's this person next to you day in and day out. You think that's an accident? Of course not. You're a trucker and you go to the same rest stop every single time and you pick up your coffee or whatever you do, you know, and you meet the same person. You think that's an accident? No, you and I need to embrace and accept this idea that we are already positioned in a place where God can use us. I'm going to share this part, hopefully I mix it up enough that nobody here feels that I'm talking to them, because over the years, I've been in this church for 21 years, and over the years, here's a question that I have been asked many, many times, and I've heard from a number of different people, and so if you're the one that came and talked to me, trust me, I'm not even thinking of you. But one of the things that has, that has often been said to me is, I, I, I just, I'm waiting to hear what God wants to do with my life. I'm waiting to hear where God wants me. I'm waiting to, you know, and, and here's something that I know for some of these people, they've been asking that question for years. And it's almost a sense of, until I know, I don't know what to do. And so I want you to hear today that even if you don't know all the specifics and all the uniquenesses and all those kind of things, God already has a plan for you. Open your eyes to see the people around you, and I guarantee you, all of a sudden you're going to see, wow, my job, my school, my business, my family, my neighborhood, my church, my community, this is my core position. This is where God is. Can use me and where God wants to use me. And if you need it said in a churchy kind of way, this is your mission field. This is the place where God is saying, Here I want to use you to make disciples. Here is where I want you to live out your identity, which is found in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I've talked a lot about myself, and I'll do it one more time today. If, if you're like me, and if you've read these verses, and if we hadn't had some of these conversations you know, already, you might be tempted to do what I have been tempted to do many times when I preach sermons on God's will. I tend to always look at these verses and verses like this thinking... That he must have something unique in store for me. And that that is the sole purpose of my life is to discover how God wants to use me in a unique way. That's important. But what I think is more important is that we begin to be people who live out our faith in the places that we have already been positioned. It's important to pursue God's unique calling on our lives. But never at the cost of not doing what we already know we have been called to do. We are able to be God's handiwork wherever we are. We were created in Christ to do good work. And we can do this here and now. God prepared us in advance not to do what what we can only do at some point in the future. We need to recognize that he has prepared in advance for us to do something already. Where you are now is your local place. It's your mission field. If God calls you to pack up and and move somewhere else, then that becomes your local place. And so we can't live our lives going, well, once I know what he wants for me in the future, then I'll start doing this. Because here's the interesting thing. Your present was once your future. And the things that I did in my past have led me to be able to do the things that I am doing now. You don't just leapfrog from here to here. It's about being faithful and following Jesus throughout the years of our lives and allowing Him to use us and and doing all that we can in order to to be obedient. Sadly, many Christians have this idea that they will wait until they know their secondary calling. And we need to work with what we already have. Till we know the specific details, we we engage while we wait. Okay, let me say that again. If you're here today and you have just been waiting and waiting and waiting on God to show you how he wants to use you, this is for you. Until you know the specific details of your life, we engage while we wait. And you're going to find that all of a sudden as you begin to engage and as you share the gospel and as you live out your faith and as you just do the things that the Bible tells us to do, all of a sudden, God's going to maybe open up for you and give you a, a view of how he wants to use you in a unique way. But it starts first by us already engaging while we wait to understand some of the unique, specific callings on our lives. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to spend a little bit of time here as we uh, kind of wrap up this first, uh, first section. This text is often Matthew 25. This text is often used when we talk about being good stewards of our money, uh, when we talk about you know um, you know multiplying our our money and and you know and when we have a sermon on maybe tithing and something like that. This would be a great verse, but I want to use this verse today to sort of focus in a little bit more that that it 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 applies I believe in every area of our lives. Jesus tells this parable in Matthew chapter 25 about a man, and he's going on a journey. And he calls his servants, and in verse 14 it says that the man tells his servants that he has entrusted his wealth to them. So I think we sometimes have this image in mind that this man is giving just these small portions of his money to these people. Now I don't want to overstate this, but it sounds like he is entrusting his wealth. He is entrusting a good portion of his finances to these three servants and and here are the instructions that he that you know that he uh, you know well sorry here's here's what he says to the to them he says to one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag each according to his abilities then he went on his journey and so all three of them were given based on what they would have been naturally able to do primary calling god's never going to call you to do something you're not capable of doing The primary calling on your life, every single one of us can do. You have never been asked by God to do something that you're not capable of doing. It's true in your specific calling. It is absolutely true in your primary calling. So in a sense, I want you to see this now. This is God's primary calling on these servants. Go and, you know, I'm entrusting my wealth to you. And, and, And he gives it to them. The first two servants immediately went to work. They used the money that had been given to them and they gained more. And by the same, you know, by the time the master returned, they had double what had been given to them. The first man now had ten bags of gold, the second man had four bags of gold. The first two servants recognized that what had been given to them was theirs only to use, not to possess. It was theirs only to use. Not to possess. It wasn't just for them to keep for themselves. Are you beginning to see the connection here with our faith? And Jesus. That Jesus wasn't given us so that we can have him for ourselves. He was given to us so that we can share. And that we can use and multiply what, with what, what has been given to us. Both the first and the second servant received the exact same affirmation. Why? Because they used And they applied what had been given to them. They didn't just keep it to themselves. Matthew 25, verse 23. The master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. He says this to both of the first and second servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now what I'm going to suggest here is what what the master in a sense is saying. Come, now I want to show you your secondary calling. You were faithful with what I gave you, your primary calling. You you went to work with what you knew you already had. You went to work with what I had given you. Now I'm going to show you what I have in store for you. The third servant, he had a very different mindset. We are told in Matthew chapter 25, verse 18, But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money we could argue that this man was just a manager that he wasn't a visionary he wasn't you know wasn't going to go and you know really do anything better this was the best he could do uh, he didn't have the same gifts as the other two servants there's one problem with that argument and the problem is that that's not how the master saw it he wasn't interested the master wasn't interested in the servants unique abilities He wasn't interested in the servant's unique giftings or weaknesses and strengths or his personality. They had all been given the same task. Different amounts, different, you know, whatever. But the master had entrusted his wealth to all of them. And again, I would use this now to say God has entrusted the gospel of Jesus Christ to every single Christian. All of us have been entrusted with the gospel. The third servant didn't seem to recognize that. And so what did he do? He took this incredible gift that he had been given, the master's wealth, and he went and dug a hole in the ground and he buried it. Look at the master's response. All the excuses we may make for this servant are out the window because listen to the master's response. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. In other words, this master saying, so you knew that I expected you to do something with what i given you. You knew I expected results. And what did you do? You went and buried it. And you did nothing with it. I would suggest today, and I'm taking this maybe a little bit and adding in, and maybe it's not exactly meant to be like this, I wonder if the second servant had this mindset, I will only do something if I understand my secondary calling. So I'll do nothing with the gospel. I'll do nothing with scripture. I'll do nothing in the place I work. I'll do nothing with, you know, the students I'm in school with. I will do nothing in my neighborhood until it is crystal clear to me what exactly God wants me to do in this and this place. And so, in a sense, we could do the exact same thing. We have the gospel, we have the location, we have our giftings, we have our primary calling, and we're burying it every single day. We as Christians, we are to work with what we have been given. And when we don't know all the specifics, guess what? We are to work with what we have been given. And I want you to hear this. We as a church, we as Christians, have been given something far more valuable than money we have been given the gospel of Jesus Christ we have been entrusted with the message the good news the message of salvation the good news the you know the Jesus has entrusted with us we are to take that and to share that wherever we are we are to be good servants some of us will have difficult opportunities, you know, different opportunities. Some of us will have been entrusted with some of the same things. Some of us will be entrusted with maybe some different things, you know, and our, our, our lives are not all going to look the same. But here's one thing that we all have. We have our identity in Jesus. We have been called to make disciples, and we have a location where we can do that right now. As part of our primary calling, we must recognize that we have a unique mission opportunity in the place And that place is where we are now. So as we wrap up this first part of this series, of of this theme, I want us to ask ourselves an important question. Who are the people in our lives that we can invest in now? I asked a similar question last week, but who are the people in our lives where we can invest in already? I think as a pastor there are a few things that that when one sees that are more painful than watching a family, or parents, who are struggling with a child who is maybe, um, you know, struggling with their identity and are are walking away from the faith. And so as a parent, sometimes what you see is you see kids that you see their kids, you know, walking away from the faith. And and what what do you see in these parents? They continue to pray. They continue to to gently try to share the gospel with their, with their kids. They, they love their kids. They, they, they work as hard as they can. Why? Because they love these, their kids. They love their children. Parents are missionaries to their kids and will always be missionary to their kids. Here's something for us to remember. We need to have the same heart for those around us. Those that we are in contact with who do not know Jesus, we need to have a heart for them In the same way that a parent has a heart for their children. And you might say, well, that's impossible. Sure, maybe to a degree it it is impossible. But we need to recognize that the people around us, we will never share the gospel of Jesus with them if we do not have a heart for them. So as I wrap up this first part, you see the core thing, the core primary um, calling up there. Our primary calling then, our core identity is found in Jesus. Our core mission is to make disciples, and our core position to make disciples is everywhere. So I trust that as you go from here, that we would live out this calling, this primary calling. We're going to close with a quick video from Pastor Peter just to explain to us some of the resources that we're making available to you on our website that we hope are going to help you as you um, continue along this journey. Please take a look.
1: Hey there church, we've been going through the Made For More series. So we want this series to be integrated into your everyday life. And uh, in order to do that, we thought it would be a great asset for you guys to uh, put some resources on our website for you to navigate through and see how you can apply that to your, to your everyday life. So when you go onto our website, um, you'll have all of our tabs here. At the very end here, you got the resources. So if you go to the Made For More, Tab, you'll come to this page and so you just scroll down and you'll see a bunch of resources that you can just check out if you've got your uh, a 30-day devotional I want to encourage you to uh, check that out uh, we have a few different uh, file formats you can you can apply uh, we've got a life group guide got a, a one-year Bible reading plan we've got ebooks here for you to check out and so, yeah, get, get some more resources for some of the topics we've been talking about. So, so yeah, we hope that you guys will be blessed by some of these resources that we've made available for you guys at our website. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to talk to either Pastor Ike or myself, and uh, we'll get you guys connected. So uh, God bless you guys. Check out those resources, and hopefully it'll uh, assist you in growing deeper with God. Thanks. You guys stay with us for one more song.